it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. To Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. It is great to be with you on a Monday. Hope your weekend went well, save for save for an ugly weekend for the baseball team that um, we documented in that first segment. A lengthy discussion of all that seems amiss after watching this program uh, meet its fate yet again. And what we used to call the sub-regional. And, um, and really just not look like a team that had the ability to do anything more than they did. Which is to, uh, is to get beat uh, pretty early in the process of postseason play. And to leave you scratching your head as to how far this prestigious program has truly fallen. Because it was an annual expectation that the team would be, at the very least, uh, talented enough, good enough, elite enough in the realm of college baseball that they would likely be hosting and that they would be putting themselves in a position to utilize uh, immense talent across the board to get out to Omaha where they hope to cash in uh, and win that elusive national championship. And, of course, that hasn't happened. And the feeling that you're getting further and further away you're further and further removed from that expectation being realistic. Further and further removed from that being the standard. Now, that is the standard, and that is unwaveringly the standard. And Mike Martin Jr., the head coach at Florida State University, would tell you that that is true, that that is always going to be the standard, and they don't shy away from that. And I do credit them for that. I, I, do, I, I do like that they've never tried to hide behind their successes, because I don't think anybody should. But... It doesn't change the fact that they don't look or resemble anything of those teams that we expected that from. They don't, they don't look like those teams at all. And they haven't for the last several years. And you see it in the way that they don't pick up the baseball. You see it in the way that they run the bases, which is as poorly as any program of this stature I've ever seen. It's remarkable to watch us run the bases completely lost. Uh, get picked off inexplicably at the worst possible times for a program that just doesn't have the margin for error that they once did. You know, 
in the past, and this is true of all elite programs and elite teams of any sport, you know, you can commit 14 penalties in a football game if your team is the bigger, stronger, faster team and down to down you're winning. You can overcome the negative leverage you put yourself in or you give to the other team when you're the better team. But Florida State is frequently on the diamond these days, not the better team. Not the better team. And yet they do a lot to not improve their circumstances, but rather make them that much more difficult to overcome. Giving away outs while also providing extras for those that you are competing with is a problem. We don't pick it up, and we give it away. We don't hit the ball out of the ballpark with any regularity, meaning the team is lacking real power, and they don't make up for it by getting on base and putting pressure in that capacity. But instead, they strike out a ton. They don't walk, they don't hit for power, and they don't get on base. That's a tough way to win a baseball game. Oh, but Jeff, they'll... Make up for it with starting pitching. We thought, we thought at the beginning of the season that perhaps there was enough frontline elite starting pitching that that could be the saving grace. And for a lot of the year, frankly, it was. Uh, your your Friday-Saturday night combo for much of this season was pretty, pretty damn good, at times even elite. But it began to falter late as well and could not really be depended upon in the postseason. Didn't feel like it anyhow, and at the end of the day, that turned out to be true. You you got something from Parker Messick that you thought you might get, right? A gutsy, what-for effort on the road, put you in a position to win a baseball game. He's that guy, and we're going to miss him, and he has a whole lot of intestinal fortitude. Hubbard was going south for much of the second half of the season, seemed less and less comfortable on the hill the, the, the longer the year went on. All of the... Um, all of the mannerisms, uh, the, 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 the fidgety sort of I can't get right here uh, was on display, uh, and then some, and, and he was really not dependable anymore. And uh, I feel like uh, you found some inconsistency out of the bullpen as well. So a frustrating season ends unceremoniously, and it leaves us all asking the same question, where do they go from here? Now, to answer your questions, no, I don't think Mike Martin Jr. is is going to be fired. I don't think Mike Alford's going to fire Mike Martin Jr. right now. I do think the season that they just had and the one before it and the one before it is leading us down the path to saying, and I think fairly, that next year is a vitally important season for Mike Martin Jr. I don't think you could argue that he's likely on a pretty warm seat going into next season. Uh, this is not it here. This is not what the standard is. Florida State just narrowly making the postseason and unceremoniously dumped in the in the in the first regional is. It, it, by the way, this is what we consistently do now. The, the, this is not Florida State's standard. So at some point, it always falls at the feet of the coach. And I remember for so long, as hard as it was to say, you know, at some point I stopped blaming Jeff Bowden and said, "Well, this is Bobby's fault. He hired Jeff Bowden." And I'm not saying Mike Martin Jr. is akin to Jeff Bowden. He's not. Our fan base likes to point to that and say that it is. It's not. One was very qualified. The other, not so much. But the point would be, at some point, you go, well, that's that's the head coach, man. And everything always falls at the head coach's feet. Yeah, you know, it's funny, a couple of things. Number one, base running errors on the level that we have them it's staggering. are never not stunning. In the moment. They're never not stunning. Yeah. Like, I, I can never be numb to that because you just don't expect it. 
it would be like a quarterback just dropping the football once a game, and you and you would you, you'd never get used to it, you know. But that's how that's how yeah, egregious some gotta, of these mistakes are. I gotta are. tell you, Tom, I this is, we we slightly disagree here. I do expect it. It's odd, like when I'm watching them, and a guy gets picked off. Yeah, I get mad, but I'm not stunned. No, it, well, then I'm wording it poorly. I don't mean that I'm stunned each time. Like, I mean. Yeah, I, I expect it to happen. I expect it to happen once or twice a game. But when it does, <laughs> think about what you just said out loud. Oh, I know it. I know it. But when it does, I'm always aghast. I'm always yeah, like, always, "Oh my you did god!" It, you did it again. You did not learn from right. the you know the, the last base running blunder two innings ago. Like, I'm aware that it's going to happen, but they it, it's always a new and special way. Like on Saturday, a ball four. You throw behind the runner at second on a ball four, and he's halfway between second and third, looking stunned at himself, Terrell. Like, I'm like, well, why am I here? It's like, yeah, why are you there? What, what, why are you there, This buddy? is unbelievable. Now, at that point, the game was pretty much going the way it was going to go, but it, that that shouldn't matter. The, the one very concerning thing I'd say about the assessment of this group and the lack of connection between whatever's going on in the coaches' offices and the, and the clubhouse itself is the Sunday presser after the Miami series, in which Meat says on the dais, I think we're doing enough that we'll see these great fans here in Tallahassee again. And I know you get walked off in back-to-back games after that. So they're close. You're playing them close. But then you get destroyed by Carolina on Friday and Saturday in that mm-hmm. final weekend mm-hmm. series. So the response to, I think we've turned a corner, is 0-4? With two awful losses to cap off the 0-4? <clears> that is alarming to me. Because that means that maybe the pulse really isn't in the coaches' offices. And that's well, got to change. you got to know what you're dealing with. I do think, and, and I'll go back to this, because I think it's worth highlighting. Last hour, when I began the show with my assessment of where we're at with Florida State baseball and, and my concerns and the frustration that we all feel and what I think you know is, it's going to look like moving forward, et cetera, one of the things that I, that I talked about was you know, they hold themselves to a to very high standard. And Mike Martin Jr., to his credit, agrees with the standard and doesn't run from it. And is not trying to shirk responsibility. He'll say, as he did at the dais after this game, that it's on me. And I appreciate that. I mean, I think all coaches should do that, but they they don't all do that. So I appreciate that he did that. But he did say something else that I thought was interesting, and this speaks to a soul-searching that no doubt he has to be doing, he and his staff have to be doing. And I wouldn't be surprised, and I don't know this, and I want to make this abundantly clear, this is not inside information, this is not a conversation that I've had with anybody over there, okay? Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised to see some changes with, within the staff. I, that, that would be a guess of mine. I don't know that to be the case. Again, I want to reiterate, this is just me speculating. I am speculating out loud. But when he said, you know, as coaches, you know, I'm never going to roll a player. I'm never going to roll a player. Um, and he was asked, how do you how do you get better at, you know, running the bases and certain fundamental things? And I'm kind of paraphrasing here. And he's like, well, you know, you go over something once and twice, three times. And um, if it doesn't get better, that's on me. That's on us as coaches. You think you've gone over it, but clearly it's not working. Man, that ain't good. I mean that that is uh, that's a guy thinking out loud about what what do I have to do? What am I not doing? Because it is clearly not working. Like I don't doubt him when he says they've gone over this time and again. But what I would say that there is clear evidence of whatever instruction you're imparting to these players about the 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 hows and whys of base running is not taking hold. <laughs> 
It's not working. And you do have to ask yourself then, as a coach or anybody in any field, any line of work, if you've got an employee, you know, we've been in management, we've had these situations where somebody makes the same mistake over and over again, and you're tasked with teaching them not to make that mistake and to provide for them not only the examples, but the know-how and the reminders of what to do and what not to do. And it's not working. At some point, you look back at yourself before you tell them that they can take it on down the road. Because you have to ask yourself, am I doing everything? How am I not connecting? Why am I not connecting? What is it I'm not doing right that this person, who I don't think is dumb, is not doing what I'm asking of them? Now, sometimes you do come to the conclusion that they're dumb. But the point is, you do look inward. And I thought I saw a guy looking inward right there. A guy kind of you yeah, know, man, they don't respond to them. You could say it. They don't oh, well, it doesn't, it doesn't appear so. It does not appear so. Uh, I mean, that that is evident, right? So you would want to know what that's about. Listen, we use this example a lot because I do think it's admirable, and I also think it's very rare. But Brian Kelly, the the, the guy that was this close to being fired at Notre Dame after a disastrous season, recognized after said disastrous season, I'm doing a whole lot of things wrong here. And in that exit interview, went through, this is well-documented, article that was written, I think it was in The Athletic, might have been in Sports Illustrated, I can't remember which now because it's like six years ago. But the point is, in the exit interview, he took serious what the players had to say to him and made changes, but not just with his coaching staff, but to himself. You know, and we read all the stuff about he changed his diet. He started spending more time in the cafeteria with his players for breakfast every morning. He did yoga. He did all this stuff, right, to try to connect and not only connect with players, connect with himself and figure out a better way, a different way, a more efficient, effective way of, of not only teaching what it is he wanted but connecting to players so that they would. You know, I would think if you're Mike Martin Jr., and I don't, again, I don't know. I'm not in that clubhouse day to day. I'm not there. But clearly, something's not connecting. So I would think that that, that sort of soul-searching look in the mirror, which he's not adverse to, would be something you'd want to engage in. You'd want to say, because do you think it's as simple? Let me. I'm just asking a question out loud here. Do you think it's as simple as you just need to get better players? They got to get better players, and there's one no. out there. There's a big fish out there that they could get. But but when you're talking about base running mistakes, this isn't about prowess. This isn't about you know baseball prowess. This is there's something else going on there. No, no, it's not just that simple. Because you've got good players. You got a right fielder overrunning a ground ball to the outfield. You got terrible angles being taken. You got a shortstop cutting off a second baseman because they don't trust the second baseman to make a simple throw. Well, because he can't. Right, but that's the only guy that you can roll out there? Okay. So, I mean, you've got all these fundamental issues. You've got a catcher who had a really hard time stopping baseballs from going to the backstop for it long stretches of the season. Yeah. Right, and a backup that hit six home runs and limited at-bats. I mean, if it's going to be bad defense, I get it. You might be able to throw a runner out at second once in a while. Maybe he manages the game better, but you still call it electronically anyway. There's just all these fundamental issues, and then there are good players who are making mistakes that look like they're playing with fear or they're timid, or they're thinking. Your job is to have them not think when they're out there, and they're thinking all over the place, well, overthinking, and that's the hard part here is watching that group, especially on Saturday, and that was tough to watch, but you're seeing how they're responding. There were a couple of kids who came off the bench or out of the pen that didn't have a whole lot of run for the season, and they cared to be out there. Scalaro certainly did yesterday because he knew that might be his last appearance. He and pitched as great. It turns, yeah, he did. He pitched great. He did. 
You want but, you you wonder why they didn't start him as the third starter? Oh, for yes. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, yeah. for months, mm-hmm. only been saying that for months. Yeah, but this is a group when he took over that we thought was going to play like Messick pitches, which is with Rivada. Yeah, and early in the season against outmanned opponents, they did indeed. At times, yeah. The Cal series was a good example. Yeah, yeah. That that was a that was what we thought was coming, which was a full Hauser. Uh, people just, I mean, there was good baseball being played. I know that Cal wasn't great, but that was good competitive baseball. It, it, you had the juices flowing as yeah. a fan because you saw it on the field. Well, Where is that now? Where is the looseness in this team? They, they haven't played loose in months. But, but in addition to that, and maybe the two are connected, but in addition to not playing loose, they haven't played well. I mean, you can be loose and, and, and you know, play poorly, or you can be uptight and play well. And, you know, right. it's kind of, you see a and, lot of machinations in a baseball game with a baseball team over the course of a long season and, you know, trying to get a feel for where they are in any given time. But in the second half of this season, there was a whole lot of disconnect in a lot of areas. Yeah, months isn't fair. It's weeks. I mean, yeah. you know, they play well against the rivals. They get up for those. The Miami series was a good one. And that's the last time we saw the Ross done that we were hoping we'd see. But I also go back to one of my favorite games of the year, which is the Tuesday against Florida. It's a Scalaro start. I know he only goes, it might have been three. Uh, but that was an energized crowd. That was a group of players that looked like they were all in it as one. And they were rooting for each other. They were pulling for each other. They were all fired up for every single play that was made. And then you flash forward to go into the Auburn Regional. And just, I mean, it gets to a two or three run game. And they look like they're done. We had no problem on the mound getting to two strikes. Couldn't get the final pitch. You couldn't bury one in the dirt to go get a swing and a miss. I mean, it's just all of these things. It was an avalanche. I've never seen FSU baseball look like Ohio State baseball did when I was a student coming oh, to Tallahassee in a region. And that's what them. that looked like. Yeah, That was the same thing. I, the, there were people leaving left and right. I was like, well, yeah, I would too. This game's over. Auburn fans saying, oh, huh, we'll, we'll be back tomorrow. And they were right to do it. Oh, sure they were, and that's FSU should not find themselves in that position. Now, one-offs happen, weird things happen in games, and there were a lot of games in this postseason so far in which 20-something runs were dropped on an opponent. It, it has happened. You do get to a time of year, not to excuse it away, it shouldn't happen to Florida State, but it does occasionally happen. And, and that's where I thought Corey was writing his article to say, you know what, this isn't about the one game. It's not about the embarrassment of a game. It is about what do you think of Florida State baseball? And to me, what we think about Florida State baseball right now is less than. And that is really troubling because that ought never be the case. You may have postseason failures and postseason successes, but the overall feeling and assessment of the program right now is pretty damn low. And you might have, like, for example, softball choked. They did. They choked. You, You can't be that team with that many wins at home against a 25-loss Mississippi State team who summarily got bounced in the next, all right, and lose and not call that anything but a choke. But guess what? We feel good about softball. We just gave Lonnie an extension and a raise. That's good news, and it's deserved. She deserves that. The program is great. They had a bad weekend. It's a tough time to have it. Sucks. Makes you frustrated. Right. But you still feel good about where the yeah. program is at, where it's going, because they've given you reason to feel that way. 2018, yes, they yes. did. So my point would be, we don't feel that same way about the Florida State baseball program. And I'm not even saying that you ought to think about the baseball program year in and year out as a team that is going to play for a national championship. be nice, 
But the idea that you're going to host a regional shouldn't be crazy. The idea that you're not barely getting into the postseason isn't crazy. The idea that you're one of the best teams in the ACC isn't crazy. Not ninth, but one of the best teams in the ACC. That, that your team is in all likelihood going to host, probably give themselves a real good chance in a series to get back to Omaha and make a run at it. Like That all seems like they're not even close to that right now. Doesn't feel like they're even close to that. No, and even when they are, they're barely a blip on the Noel fans' radar around the country. Right now, it's not even it's not even a talking point. If I get a text about us, it's because of the score that's happening on Saturday. And I, a couple of my buddies sent me the tweets. They're like, "Is that really happening?" And I sent them a photo of the first uh, first baseline. I'm like, yeah, I'm here. Oh, it's happening, buddy. So very big difference um, in 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 the attitude and the mindset and the belief in and the overriding sense of where Florida State baseball is going um, over the last several years, and that's frustrating. It's not all on junior, but ultimately when you're the coach, you have to shoulder the blame, and you have to figure out why this does not seem to be an upwardly mobile program. That, that It doesn't, and that, that, that you've got to get that figured out. And, you know, I, I think it's fair at some point to say that how long do you get? Now, he'll get another year. He should, in my opinion, but I – I would dare say that if they're terrible again next year or they, they look like a team that doesn't have much of a chance to do all of the aforementioned things I just referenced, yeah, people are going to call for his job. There are already people calling for his job, but it would be real loud next year. Yeah, it's not all on him. You're seeing a lot of good young players still coming here, and hopefully that, that trend continues, even though if I'm a 17-year-old looking at Florida State right now, I might not look at it the same. But let's just say that you had a vendor that was coming to service your lawn, and for three months straight, and that's six appointments. They're coming to the house. There's a 15 by 15 patch of grass right in front of your door <laughs> that hasn't been cut. Like there's all this other you know, stuff I'm that's been cut. I'm beginning to think that Ted doesn't know what he's doing. And then you've got just a 15 by 15 box of fescue. <laughs> and this is ridiculous, Ted. Right. You missed it again. That is base running here. Yeah. That is defense here. Oh. Is the, the 15 by 15 right in front of your front door? That when you oh. open the door, that's all you see. The rest of the lawn looks okay. But there that is. It's this big thing that's in mm -hmm. front of you. No, and are you going to say something about it or not? That's why. That's where well, the athletic department is at this point, I think. It's always odd, too, when, when something like that rears its ugly head. It takes on a life of its own. And then all of a sudden, if you don't have a season to break the trend, it can be a weight. It, it's an albatross around your neck as you get, go to take the field. This has been a program over the years that has had too many albatrosses where you're like, oh, man. And some of them you can't undo. That The, the weight of not having won the national title, you can't undo that until you win one. That's just the way that's going to be. That's like the, the Red Sox and the Cubs having to break the curse. Wayne, you got to cut the grass right there, man. <laughs> what are we doing, I Wayne? Like, it's not Ted. You're right. It's Wayne. <laughs> Wayne, can I talk to you for a second? Yeah. What's up? So have you noticed? have you noticed that most of this lawn looks great? Most of it. And I do think we had this conversation a couple weeks back, did we not, Wayne? We, we had a conversation about you overlooking a couple of things. Wayne, what is this? What are we doing here? Are you, like, did you put down chemicals that you need to wait? I mean, what's happening here, Wayne? Going for something artistic? Yeah, what, what, why would you not cut this patch of grass each and every time you come to my house? Do you think this is funny? Are you guys giggling? Like, what's going on here? Irashafel, WarChant.com, set to join us next. Stay tuned.
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply Don't forget, the first class is always free at Orange Theory Fitness. It was just there on Thursday. Going again tomorrow morning and Wednesday and Thursday, actually. i got a busy week planned with my friends at Orange Theory Fitness. First class, always free. So if you want to learn more about it, and I think that's true with a lot of people, they, they don't know what to expect, get that first class for free. I think you'll uh, walk away really pleased. First of all, you'll learn that uh, the coaching there is exceptional, and everything is, again, science-based, so... Um, this isn't a guess. You're going you're gonna to see what interval training is all about. You're going to see how it affects you and uh, how best to, to, to find your physical fitness. So, um, And also the first month is free if you get a heart rate monitor, which is a good thing too. So Orange Theory Fitness, if you're getting yourself geared up for summer, check them out. Two locations here in Tallahassee. He's my boy, Rashfell. Warchant.com joins us right now. Hello, good sir. How are you? I'm good. I'm even better after that intro music. Well done, Tom Lang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grabbing the uh, the psychedelic furs is always the right choice. When, you when can't po- go wrong with the furs. Yeah. No, you can't. I've seen them twice. Um, and, by the way, Ira, the album that came out a year ago is surprisingly really, really good. So oh, okay, you, nice. sh- you should look it up. Uh, that said, by the way, uh, we also got good news on the basketball front. And I wanted to start there because I've talked an awful lot about this terrible ba- uh, baseball team. <laughs> uh, let's start with uh, Baba Miller. All right. Look, I can read 6'11", 7'2", wingspan, us versus Gonzaga. We went out. Obviously, any kind of a prospect that is deciding between us and Gonzaga is well thought of. That's really good news for a program that I think needed really good news. What else can you add to what we know about that young man and, and what they expect him to do uh, from day one? Yeah, just from the, you know, from, as you said, I mean, he kind of seems to fit perfectly from a length and skill ability. Um, and then you add in the fact that, you know, they desperately needed, um, to, you know, replace some of the firepower that they're losing. And, uh, you know, John Butler decides last month or last week to stay in the NBA draft, which wasn't a big surprise, uh, but he was a guy that they really had high hopes for. And, uh, so I think Bob and Miller from everything I've heard is, uh, is much more advanced, um, than John Butler was. And is a guy who, uh, can step in, you know, immediately and be a, a high level ACC player. Um, so I, you know, I think they're super excited about him. I know that they uh, have been working on this for a long time. His name, you know, he's from Spain and he wasn't really in a lot of, um, wasn't a lot of media attention to his recruitment until the last few weeks. Um, but from what I understand, they've been working on it for a long time and, uh, they're very excited. He's a guy that, uh, they think can be a really special player. Yeah. I'm excited too, because I, I think you're right. They definitely needed 
to replace some firepower, and they needed they needed a shot in the arm. I felt like, and and this is a guy that a lot of people wanted. So for for Ham to get him at a time where we've seen a couple of assistants move on, that's a real good sign from a recruiting standpoint. That you know they they've done a good job, but this is the guy that kind of becomes the star of the class, if you will, um, because now all of a sudden that's a, that's kind of a big name. Yeah, and he's uh, and he and again the the fit and kind of a uh, again kind of goes to the proof of concept. You know, I don't think there's any chance they get uh, Bob and Miller to come to Florida State if it's not for what Scotty Barnes did and what uh, yeah. Patrick Williams did and what you know what Florida State has done with these long, athletic, 6'11 guys that can play in the backcourt, or John Butler even last year. That there's a willingness to play those guys uh, away from the basket and let them play the way that they're going to play in the NBA. And, um, you know, Florida State was a very attractive option to him because of that. That's the good news. Also, by the way, did you know, Ira, Ray Allen's here. <laughs> he is. I'm just telling you, he's here. I'm like a little kid last night looking at Ray Allen at Leonard's basketball camp. And my son was too. I don't know why that makes me giddy, but it does. And I just thought I'd share that with you. <laughs> All right, it's your turn to weigh in on baseball. Uh, I think I've said about what there is to say with this program. It's not upwardly mobile right now. It feels... Feels pretty ugly. Uh, what was your assessment of the weekend? Uh, pretty much, a, 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 you know, a ditto. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's only so much you can say about how they played. I mean, they played terribly for, for almost, you know, most of that uh, three games. They they played okay in the UCLA game, even though I thought that was a little bit of fool's gold. I didn't think Florida State was even the better team in that game uh, on that day. I think some things kind of worked out for them. Um, but then, you know, the, the debacle against Auburn and then just being so meek at the plate yesterday was. You know, not totally unexpected. This is a team that hasn't hit all year. Uh, but when you see it on that stage where everything's magnified and, you know, the base running mistakes and all the defensive mistakes, um, it's just uh, it's it's ugly. And, I mean, this doesn't look like what Florida State baseball is supposed to look like. Um, whether or not Mike Martin Jr. can fix it, I, you know, I guess, you know, we'll see. And I assume he'll have the opportunity to try to do it. Um, but this, you know, the program's just not anywhere close to where it needs to be. And it, ultimately it's his job to, to do that. I thought he looked like a guy that was uh, his his head was swimming in the um, in the post game presser. I brought it up earlier in the show. A guy that he knows better than anybody the history of this program. Obviously, his dad built it. Uh, now there have been other legendary figures uh, in Florida State baseball. I understand that Dick Hauser being chief amongst them, but he 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 knows what it means. Uh, to wear that jersey, he was a, an, an all-world player here, and he's coached here, and he knows what the standard is. He makes reference to it all the time. There's just no way you could sit up there after watching that on the heels of last year as well, and not think to yourself, "Man, this is this is not it." Like, what what do you think changes, if anything? I, I theorize that there'll be some changes on this staff, but I don't know that. That's just my speculation. Do you agree, or do you think that they'll keep it the same and, and come back and just try to increase the number of, of players that they have here that can be difference makers? Well, the tough situation here is, and, and I agree with you in general, like, if I didn't know anything about the situation, and if I just said, okay, you got a coach after two years, you know, pretty disappointing. I mean, yes, they made the NCAA tournament, but that's not the standard, as he even said. Um, so, so you're not meeting expectations. You're not where you need to be. What are you going to do about it? Because that's the conversation I think, you know, if you're Michael Offer, that's the conversation you're having with Mike Martin Jr. is, okay, what are you doing about this? And the obvious answer from the outside would be, okay, I'm going to make some changes on my staff. The problem is 
I mean, the pitching staff was the strength of your team. It wasn't as good as you thought it was going to be. I mean, before the season, they thought it was the best staff in America. It clearly wasn't that. But they thought that was the strength of the team, and it it probably was the strength of the team overall. So I don't know you make a change there. And then, you know, I think Mike Metcalf, who's the recruiting coordinator, does not have the responsibility of, of, you know, running the offense. That's Mike Martin Jr.'s business. And Mike Metcalf has, you know, gotten them a lot of good players. I mean, some of the best players on this team were some of those younger guys that I think he's been real active with. So I, I don't know what change you would make on the staff. Um, but, to, but, you know, that's obviously the first, the first step. Because it does feel like, to me, and whether or not it's Mike Martin Jr.'s approach or whether it's um, chemistry on the team, whatever it is, you just when you watch this team play, there's just not an overall feeling like they're doing everything they can to give themselves chances to win for the players and the coaches. It's just almost like when they win, sometimes it feels like they're winning in spite of themselves, mm-hmm. and and that's you know that's going to take a lot of reflection. Uh, you know, I think on the coaching staff and and probably on the players, but ultimately on the coaching staff, they're the ones who get paid. Brother, be well. I will see you tomorrow. Take care. Thanks, Jeff. See you. Yep, yep. That's Ira Chafel, WarChant.com. Yeah, I think I think we're all. Come to that conclusion too. It's it's disappointing too. I, you know, as fire and brimstone as it may sound, when we're picking apart the uh, foibles and the frailties of this team, you know, there's there's the other side of this. It's incredibly disappointing. Like emotionally, this is disappointing to see because Florida State baseball has been something that, as Knowles, again, this is where I'm, I I am biased. I mean, we've just always been able to count on it, you know. And I and I've always understood that kind of. All right, well, there'll be the occasional blip on the radar. There's going to be years where you're not as good as others, and maybe certain teams aren't going to be equipped to maybe make a deep run. And anytime you have to go through one of those kinds of years, you're you're well aware that uh, it takes a long time, right? It's like it's like having a disappointing football season come to a conclusion. You're like, oh man, I got to go through this entire off season to get this taste out of my mouth. I got to go through all. We got to we got to go back and relitigate five and seven over and over and over again, and the ways in which things are going to be different next year, you can only do that so much. Now, you can dive deep, and deep dive we do, right? That's exactly how it works in the postseason. It's sort of the, uh, you know, in in the aftermath, I should say. It's sort of the, well, they were bad here, specifically. They were bad at this. They need to get better at this. Okay, this player is going to help them do that. Yeah, we do all those things, and it's right to do that because you want to vet that thoroughly and try to kind of come to a conclusion that, Either it will or it will not be better going into the next season. But with Florida State baseball, when you when you can't rely on a certain standard right now of excellent play, uh, and not just a season that ended prematurely, but that the, the 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 faults of this program and this team right now don't give you much hope for the future, that's a different off season. It is, and I think sometimes with this particular sport, we do the thing that we do with football, which is we get out over our skis. And we live in the 80s, late 80s through about 2000. And the success is there. Because if you look at College World Series appearances since the year 2000, it's 2008, 10, 12, 17, and 19. That's it. Five times since the new century, since the new millennium that we've made the College World Series. We're in 2022. Five out of 22? Come on now. That you know now, if you go back to 86 through 2000, it's almost every year. It's w- almost every year. I would also note... And this is a fact. There is much more competitive balance in college baseball now than there was then. Yeah. That, that, that's just true. We should have been in a position to be at the forefront of whatever came, whatever storm comes, and now we're way behind. Yeah. Now, not only are we way behind, 
the conference as a whole is way behind. Um, it's not lost on me that Miami was also unceremoniously uh, bounced uh, from their own regional, which, what a shame. <laughs> but nonetheless, that did happen. Uh, I feel like the ACC is, I mean, there are obviously very good programs here. Uh, Notre Dame and North Carolina. And, and, and listen, we ought to be one of them. I agree with you. Uh, but there is much greater competitive balance in college baseball than there was for many of the years that you're alluding to as a glory year. Yeah, that's fair. And and you could say, okay, well, is the standard getting to Omaha? Is, is, is well, that... I, I think they're always going to make that the goal. That's always going to be the standard. So that sounds more like an aspiration than a standard at this Well, point. and it's more and more of an aspiration than a standard, as you correctly point out, over the last 22 years. And then if you want to talk about the standard being make it out of regionals, now that, if you look in the last 20 years, that happens almost every year until recently. Until that, recently, until and that's recently. why we say, where are we going? Right. And that's really why you have this this crisis, right? Um, because now you're saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, and this is the way I began the show. I don't think we look at, somewhere around the halfway point of this season, when it became evident this team was not going to be what we had hoped it would be, and that things weren't better in specific areas that needed to be better. In particular, defense, running the bases. Things we talked about before the season began. Not as it played out, not as we played results, but before the season began, we talked about being much better defensively because it's been too long and being much better on the base path. Neither turned out to be better. Neither turned out to be a strength of the team, not even close to it. Then the result happens. So not only do things not get better, but you're also not getting out of a regional, not even getting to a super regional, and really not even close to getting a super regional. And now you're now you're concerned that not only is it unrealistic to expect to get to the College World Series, which we used to think is the standard here and should be the standard, now it's almost unrealistic to expect that you're going to, you know, like, should we not go into seasons anymore expecting to host a regional? Should we not go into seasons anymore expecting to get out of a regional? It's getting there, if it's not already. It's getting there. Now, we're scheduling tougher, and I thought that would have prepared us for the challenge of this past weekend a little bit better, but it didn't. And the thing that I'm doing more you know, of, of late, and by of late I mean the last five years, is we're getting to May 1st, May 15th, and I'm doing math on how is it that we can be a top 16 national seed. Not, oh, we're a top 16, how do we get a top eight? It slid. I mean, there's, there's just no doubt that it slid. There were years, and they had a, a nice little blip on the radar about three, four years ago. But before that, remember, we go down to Gainesville for a super, and you're hoping. The, the talk on the show, this show was baseball needs to be baseball for us to survive this. And then that day that was game two, Carlton throws the you know complete game. That was one of the best postseason performances I'd seen in a long time. Yeah, it was great, yeah. But that was it. That's all you had. You needed luck beyond that and I feel like we've been talking about needing luck to be on our side yeah, now bounces for and things to happen in since our, yeah. I was in my 20s yeah, I'm 35 now man top of the sixth Florida two Oklahoma won that game obviously is an elimination game Coastal Carolina leads East Carolina this would be uh, an upset four to two in the fifth and Louisville leads Michigan seven to three that is in the third is that correct we have all these games right I th- double check some of these um forgive me I'm not up, uh, staying up to date on my d1baseball.com right now well I just pulled up uh I just pulled up the NCAA's one and I remember there were some delays and some weather issues and I don't know if it, if they're correctly noting uh any carryover so I I 
you know, forgive me there. I'm just looking up at hey, scores. I just got to tell you, if we were in the situation that UCLA was in, I know there could be a miracle comeback. But how about that? It's delayed last night. Didn't leave Auburn till this morning, but it's delayed last night. It's supposed to be a six o'clock Central first pitch. They have to suspend the game at 11:45 p.m. Central, 12:45 Eastern time in the sixth inning, and UCLA is down six to nothing. So you got to sleep on that and wait on that the next day. Yeah, oh come my back God. for it. Yeah, that'll hurt your feelings. Yeah, I, I think we've got it right. I'll double check those scores in a moment, but we'll come back. Jeff Cameron, show ninety three three Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oklahoma just took an ass kicking. UCLA beat him. Softball. Oh, really? Seven to three. It's final. That is um That was not an elimination game, right? I don't believe so, no, but that's a stunning result. Would we have been in that half? I don't I can't even bring myself to look at the bracket and see what if. That one hurt. Um you can look it up. I don't know. I, I agree with you. I stopped paying attention once we lost. Those. That's the same thing I do with, ba- you know, there are some sports it doesn't matter. To a degree, the NCAA basketball tournament, to a degree, I will still watch. But um, with baseball and softball, I mean, I might watch the, the best of three. I'll you know, come back around for the best of three. But before that, it's just too difficult. It hurts. You know, it's interesting. I, um, by the way, that's nine to nothing Auburn and UCLA, and it's suspended again. Oh, man. No, that can't be right. Or is that the score what it was last night? Maybe that's it what it was nine. last night, yeah. I'm pulling up scores I mean, now. like if you're UCLA, oh, great. Let's get them tomorrow. Let's play at uh, 10 a.m. local. No, how about uh, 2 p.m. Central? Oh, that's fine. We'll just wait around the hotel all day. No so, big deal. So uh, I'm pulling back up these scores. I was right. The Florida-Oklahoma game is ongoing. It's on television right now. Top of the sixth, Florida 2, Oklahoma 1. Uh, and there are delays in the Louisville-Michigan game in which it's 7-3 to Louisville. There is a delay in the Arizona-Ole Miss game. Of course, uh, we know Miami was eliminated. Just want to point that out again. Eliminated from their home regional. Uh, just I, Hey, that's just a statement of fact. And then a ton of baseball to be played tonight. For example, you can watch North Carolina, if you were so inclined, against VCU on the ACC Network, Tom. Oh, thank God for that channel. You know what gets me over a disappointing weekend in Auburn? Packer and Durham. That's what gets me through. Is that still on? Uh, probably. I didn't know if it was. Uh, he lost the Sirius XM gig. I didn't know. What? Yeah, Packer. Yeah, he's not on that anymore. No more phone calls for four hours a day? Uh, that show sucked. Uh, so that was... Well, that's your commentary, sir. Well, <laughs> that's, that's, that's your opinion. Probables, dude. Let's do it. Fire it up. Let's get two. Oh, you got me. Yeah, you got me. I got you sleeping. Yeah, the legacy of Mark Packer Let's right there. Let's go, buddy. It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, probably. Pirates took another series over the weekend. 
<laughs> at what point? Don't like 12 teams get in in every league now? No, we stink, buddy. I'm just telling you. we. You know, we need to play the Dodgers more. We'd be great then. D-backs, Reds, Madison Bumgarner, and Hunter Green is your matchup tonight. Rangers, Guardians, John Gray, Cal Quantrill. you got to trade Bednar. That's what you got to do. Oh. Well, we do at the break. I mean, we will. So there will be a needy team out there, and he's worth it. He's not even at arbitration yet. You could get a lion's share of prospects for him. He's a beast. He's a good player. We should trade him. Mariners, Astros, Robbie Ray. Yay! Christian Javier. Blue Jays, Royals, Ross Stripling, and Daniel Lynch. Red Sox, Angels, that is Michael Waka and Noah Syndergaard. Mets, Padres, late night. You going to watch? 9.40. I'm still on Central Time, maybe. Maybe a few innings. Yeah. Little Carlos Carrasco going for the Mets and Blake Snell. They came back to earn a four-game split with the Dodgers, who were pissed off after losing to your Pirates. Yeah, after getting swept by the Pirates. That's right. Yeah. I figured I'd let you do that. Yeah. Swept. Uh, Blake Snell, imminently unlikable. Not nearly the pitcher he once was on the hill tonight for uh, the Padres. And that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. Now, it's interesting, Tom. I'll tell you this. I, I think it goes all the way back to the uh, late 80s, early 90s. I do watch the College World Series and all of the subsequent games um even after we're bounced? I think it's partly because I'm always locked into the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's a sport that I'll watch. And, I, and they run concurrently. Yeah, I was going to say, but you can. I mean, I'm not going to choose that over the Lightning, which right. won in thrilling fashion yesterday afternoon when Pilat decided at under a minute to go, let's take it on to the hizzy. Score! Let's take it on to the hizzy. Pilot! Yeah, that was good. It was good. You know why that was good beyond the obvious? I don't think I had overtime in me. I would have, of course, yeah, bucked yeah. up. But I didn't. I was like, no, I can't. Because that's the series. You lose that game, it's over. You win that game, we got yep. a series. So you know that it's all on the line. It has to happen. And then it does because they got the heart of a champion. And that's a nice comeback from down two to nothing. Come all the way back. I know Corey's disappointed. He wanted his refund for game six tickets. And now it's looking likely that there will be a game well, we'll six. See. We'll, see. we'll see. We'll see. It could be over we'll on see. Thursday. We'll it could see. very well yeah, be. I was say, but we, it would have been no, a refund. For, yeah. A refund oh, situation yeah, yeah. had definitely, we lost. Definitely yesterday. would have been. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations to uh, Lonnie Almeida, who has earned the contract extension. And um, that's a lot of guaranteed money through 2029. Six, uh, $5.615 million. All right. All right. Man. Keep that program right where it is. Let me right tell you something right now. If you told me that there was $5.6 million to be made in softball, I'd have stuck around some softball, buddy. Man, really? I don't know. That would have been a tough one for you. Well, I would have just <laughs> kept thinking $5.6 million. Right. Someday we're going to get out of this slappy era, but I'm I'm investing for long term. Would have been tough for me. You're right. I hated it for a very long time. It was unwatchable. Hey, I got some breaking news for you from Auburn. They still chant SEC, SEC. Do they really? They did on Saturday. It really happened, and it was organic, and they weren't being ironic. They meant it. Did everybody laugh at them? Yes. Yes. That's funny. That is really funny. Um, by the way, that uh, I will tell you, the, the stock that I referenced earlier the um, from uh, John Ruiz, Remember last week I told you it was down 80-something percent? It's down 91.5% now. Good work out of you, sir. Bye, everybody. Be well.